Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today DFS. It's Black Friday. We've got an NFL game today, which we'll touch on at the end of the show, but we don't take any days off. We're going to go ahead and discuss the Sunday main slate like we always do at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Friday. So, Mike, first of all, happy Thanksgiving. How are you? And uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for thanks for coming on today. I know a lot of people are skipping work today. You're here. I'm here. Let's do this thing. Yeah, I'm doing well. Happy Thanksgiving, Sia. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody else out there. Uh, look, I love this time of year. You know, you got sports on all day. You got college football, college basketball, an NFL game on a Friday, uh, all sorts of interesting things before we dive in though i didn't really i don't know a lot of people realize that how rare the friday nfl game is uh because you might be familiar with that act i believe i forgot the name of it but it was in like 1960 they're not allowed to have a game like after 5 p.m uh because it takes away from college and amateur athletics uh that's why you've never seen friday games uh, so mm. the NFL created this, uh, you know, with Amazon basically to uh, kind of skirt that rule and have it finish before that 5 p.m. deadline. That's amazing. And Jeff Bezos clearly trying to keep people at home instead of going to the brick and mortars to spend their Black Friday money, keep them on Amazon. So uh, genius on a lot of levels, uh, for sure. I, I heard, Mike, also the, the advertising money for this Black Friday Amazon game, which you can stream free, by the way, not that we're advertising, but there's just so many levels to to uh, the, the the making money process when it comes to uh, Bezos and Amazon. It's it's pretty wild when you when you peel back the layers. All right, well, let's peel back the layers of this ten game slate. First of all, I will tell everybody that our FFT DFS contest, the one for Thanksgiving, it filled, um, which was great that it filled and. Um, that contest was great. I set up a contest already. It's going to be in the YouTube description, the podcast description. It might be in the chat too. It's already live. I tweeted it out yesterday. We'll be tweeting it out a lot because I know there's only a couple of days to get that 200 con- 200 entry contest filled. So uh, look out for that. Uh, other than that, we've got a 10-game slate. We've got six games at 1 o'clock. We've got four games at 4 o'clock. And at the very end of the show, I'm going to have Mike t- touch on uh, maybe some showdown plays for this 3 o'clock Black Friday game that he referenced. So stay tuned for that. We'll do that at the end of the show. Let's start with Steelers minus 1.5 at the Bengals, 35.5 point total. This game has lost a lot of its intrigue because obviously um, one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, Joe Burrow, is out for the season. You got Jake Browning coming in. For the record, he's 5,200. I, I want to say this about Browning. I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I didn't think he was very good at Washington when he was there like four or five years ago in college. I'm talking uh, Washington Huskies. Uh, But I do think he's on this team and he's a backup for a reason. I thought he showed poise coming in to that game against the Ravens. With that said, I don't think he has any fantasy appeal to me, even though his receiver is Jamar Chase, uh, potentially T. Higgins, Joe Mixon at 6,300 here. I don't have any interest in this game outside of Mike. The only interest I have, and I want to get your comments on the game as a whole in terms of whether you like anybody, 
Jalen Warren at 5,400 or Najee Harris at 4,900, I at least think is interesting. I would probably lean to the more expensive Jalen Warren here, but I'm probably off this game in its entirety. Yeah, I think I'm going to be off the game in its entirety as well. You know, I think what stood out to me when you mentioned it, because I hadn't looked at a lot of the lines yet, 35 and a half is the total. Um, yeah. not, not 38 and a half, not 37, 35 and a half. Uh, as you know, in, in the NFL, 37, uh, still an incredibly key number when you're talking about a 20 to 17 game. We, the market as a whole, is expecting this game to be lower scoring than that. Uh, not a lot of goodness here for fantasy. So I'm, I'm trying to look through all of my exposures. I have one player that shows up in this game. And that is showing up at 1% exposure, meaning they make one lineup when I run 100. Uh, is and it, that player is Deontay Johnson is who it is, actually. Oh, interesting. Uh, I was going to go out there with like Tanner Hudson or something, but it's Deontay. That's interesting. All right. Yep. Deontay Johnson is the only one that technically makes the player pool, but really I'm not getting that deep into a player pool. So, yeah, I'm off this one completely. Speaking of low totals, and Mike, I don't know how much you do sides when it comes to college football. I know you're big in college basketball on sports line. I mean, you really do all the sports, but um, I have in this Iowa-Nebraska game, which starts in 53 minutes, I actually took Nebraska money line minus 135 before if anybody wants to, to have a, a, a noon Eastern time sweat. Uh, I have that. But the, the reason I bring it up is because it's a 24 and a half point total, not for the first half, but for the entire game. It opened, I think, at 27 and a half. And it's down at most major books to 24 and a half. I don't know. Again, I, I can't remember, Mike, if you do college football as well. Do you have any takes on that game? Uh, I the only thing I am not actively running college football sims or anything at this point in the season. Uh, I mm -hmm. do for like standalone games, but not for for every game. Um, love to see the totals with Iowa, though. Uh, it's incredible that you get a total down to 24 and a half. Uh, I think the thing that's most fun about that is if they don't score on the first possession of the game, the live total in the game will be below 24. Like it'll, it'll instantly be uh, 21 and a half, 23 and a half. Um, just absolutely fascinating. And, you know, I, I, I love it personally. I love punts, field goals, defense. Uh, that, that is Big Ten football. So I do love that. That's just unbelievably uh, low. I can't believe it. All right. Well, what's not unbelievably low and what's really actually interesting is our next game here. This is, I think, one of the games that people are really going to be targeting, maybe one of three or four games that uh, are going to be a focus. Jaguars minus one and a half at the Texans. We're looking at a 47 and a half point total. That's probably going to toggle between 47 and 48 until we get to Sunday. There's a lot of interest here. Uh, I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming off a really good game, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. We always want to see that rushing equity. And I don't know if we have equity in Trevor Lawrence, but maybe he's starting to turn, you know, turn the page a little bit and maybe he'll run a little bit more. He's only 6,400. Um, we have uh, in the, it, what's interesting here is CJ Stroud. He's all the way up to 7,700. So I think Mike, a lot of people are going to maybe default to Trevor Lawrence here because it's such a big price break. So before we even get to the receivers and, and potentially the running backs, which I'm, I'm not going to be playing the running backs in this game personally, um, Trevor or CJ or neither. Uh Maybe both. Uh, but okay. yeah, Trevor, for sure. I like Trevor Lawrence the most. Uh, it's the price point that you mentioned. Uh, 6400 I think, is a very fair price point for the strength of the slate overall uh, and his skill set in this matchup. So I'm glad you mentioned the rushing equity in terms of the red zone. I think that's certainly something that's going to remain there. 
Uh, but this Houston team, they, they've shown the ability to get into shootouts uh, essentially every week here. So I, I really I like this spot for Trevor Lawrence a lot. Uh, I'm not going to be the only one that likes him here in this particular spot. But uh, at 6,400, I think that that eases some of the ownership concerns for sure. So one of the things that's interesting about this game is that I don't think people are going to be really big on the running backs, whether it's Etienne or Devin Singletary. I don't know if Pierce is back, but I just don't think, first of all, running against the Jaguars is pretty difficult. And for the record, running against the Texans is pretty difficult. So I think, I mean, first of all, if you wanted to get contrarian, I don't think Etienne will have a ton of ownership, neither will whichever running back is playing for Houston. But I think we're going to be stacking receivers here. And what's interesting is that there are so many different receivers to stack. On the Trevor Lawrence side, you got Calvin Ridley, only 6K, coming off a great game. Chris Kirk, 5,700. Zay Jones, I believe he's healthy, 3,900. And then, of course, Evan Ingram at 4,200. But then on the other side, with CJ Stroud, and, and we'll probably start with, with the Jaguars here, Mike, but Tank Dell, 6,900. He's been priced up. Nico Collins, 6,400. Like, let's keep in mind, he didn't have the game Tank Dell did, but he had 11 targets last week. Uh, Robert Woods, a 4K. Noah Brown, I'm not sure if he's playing. He's 4,500. Dell has 10 plus targets in his last three games straight. So there's a lot to go around here. Let me start with the Trevor Lawrence side. Are you double stacking it on the main slate? And if so, who would be the two guys? And if not, who's the one guy? Uh, I might have double stacks for sure. The, the single sack uh, Christian Kirk will be the first guy in for me. Uh, I love the price point on him. I love the target volume overall in the sense that it's really six is kind of the minimum. And that's what I would expect in this game. I'm only expecting more, frankly. Uh, I think this game shoots out overall. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the guy that I mentioned often because of that target volume is going to be Evan Ingram. Uh, same thing. He bounces between six to 10 targets pretty much every week. Uh, week one, he had five targets. Every other week, he's had six-plus targets this season. Uh, I like him in this particular matchup again. I, I think that while Travis Etienne is someone that can get involved in the passing game, that shorter area of passing work uh, for Evan Ingram, I think, is going to really be impactful here. Uh, the price points on DraftKings this season, it's definitely pushed you towards some of the dual tight end lineups using the flex spot. Uh, I think that holds true once again here. So the top two for me personally will be Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. Okay. And on the other side of the ball with, if you're playing CJ Stroud or if you're just playing runbacks, here's one question. If you have a Jaguar stack, are you potentially running it back with two of these receivers or, or are you generally just going to pick one in a primary lineup and, and who would that one or two be? Uh, it really depends on where I, I go with the rest of the lineup, if I make another big spend or not. Uh, if I had to, it, it would be Tank Dell first uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and Nico, but I, I like them both, honestly. Uh, when you look at Tank Dell, we talk about the price point being all the way up to, to 6900 It's all $1,000 price jump uh, from last week. Uh, however, when you look at it, you, you talked about the target volume. He has 35 targets and four touchdowns in the last three games. Uh, If you remove the name and just put some of the other star wide receiver names there, he's outperforming them. We would be thrilled to get a guy like Jamar Chase at 6,900. We we have to adjust the baseline quickly here. And the way Tank Dell has been performing, the way CJ Stroud's been performing, the matchups that they've had, uh, once again, in a dome-controlled environment, he's a $7,500 player right now. Yeah, it's a really good point about name recognition. Like we see, a, if we saw Jamar Chase for 6,900 with Joe Burrow, we'd jump at that. And so not that Tank Dell is the receiver that Joe Burrow is, but he's certainly putting up that type of production that would certainly outpace a $6,900 price tag. So 
Uh, super interesting there. Again, keep an eye on, if you want to play the lower end guys, uh, keep an eye on Noah Brown's status in terms of his injury. Uh, if he doesn't play, then maybe Robert Woods is in play um, at, at a flat 4K. And I, I do have to point out Dalton Schultz at 5,400. I think he's always good for a uh, for a, a big game. And again, you can pass against the Jaguars. Let me ask you this. If you're doing three lineups on this entire 10-game slate, before we move on, would uh, let's talk about stacks. Would tre- would a Trevor stack and, and a CJ stack be two of the stacks that you'd be doing if you were choosing three? Uh, I think so, honestly. I, I really do think so at this point. I, I love the game environment. I think a lot of people obviously are going to love the game environment. Uh, so my personal stance as of this moment uh, is to just simply be overweight on it. It's basically going to come down to almost being all in on this game. Uh, what's really funny, I'm looking at something in the chat, and and, and, and I, I agree with the overweight part, and I agree, by the way, with maybe you have one or, or two stacks this this entire for this entire slate, and yet, like, again, you want to have variations of this game. You don't want to just have, you don't want to just have, you know, the one lineup with, you know, whatever, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley and, and whoever with a run back, like, like, just have some variations in there, because this game could absolutely hit, you want to be on the right point there. Uh, Sites 501 says, see a change shirt. So, Sites obviously watched my our show at 10 o'clock. Um, maybe I changed shirts. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I didn't. Uh, anyway, I did change shirts, by the way. Uh, let's see here. That that show was for Black Friday specifically. Now, I don't re- usually wear black during uh, during these shows. Let's go to the Panthers at the Titans. I don't think we have a ton to talk about in, in this one, except for, and I could be wrong, could, because maybe, maybe there's stuff on the Panthers that you like, but on the Titans side, Mike, this is one of those cases where we see Derrick Henry at 6,400, and it's hard for me to look away from that. Now, I know Derrick Henry really hasn't been that guy this season, and there's a lot of reasons for that outside of Derrick Henry himself. But he gets the Panthers. He gets the Panthers at home. It's really hard for me to look away, whether it's cash or in tournaments, really hard for me to look away from Derrick Henry at 6,400. What, what say you? Yeah, I, uh, I don't disagree with you on that. I wanted to speculate a little bit. Uh, you know, it's hard because their schedule has been so – Interesting. So like they played three consecutive road games, but when you look at Derrick Henry, he, I, I live in the city here in Nashville, the stadiums, you know, right out, right outside my window. Right. The, I, my theory is, is that they give him more touches at home. The, the crowd obviously loves him. And when you go back and look, he had 22 carries against Atlanta in a competitive game, only 12 against Baltimore, but that Baltimore game, he had a little receiving work against Cincinnati at home, 22 against the Chargers at home, 25. Uh, Those road games this year, 15, 11, 13, 17 was the highest, 11 and 10. Uh, It's likely just a little bit of noise because the schedule has been loaded the way it is, but I think it's something to monitor when you got a price point in a matchup like this. So I I do like Derrick Henry. He's in my player pool. If I'm playing him, I am stacking him with the Titans defense. I like that. And on the other side of it, guy like Chuba Hubbard's 4,800, feeling all the way up to 7,300. You've got those kind of other receivers, for lack of a better way to say it, like Jonathan Mingo at 3,300, DJ Shark at 3,200. Uh, is there anything to consider on the Carolina side, or do we just move on? I'm moving on on the Carolina side. Uh, I Like I said, I like the defense uh, for the Titans a little bit here. I think the game moves a little slower. I think that uh, they have opportunities for some turnovers. But, yeah, I, I don't. I'm trying to look. I don't have anybody on the Panthers in the player pool. 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll point out that D-Hop, just like last week, is 6,100. But again, I don't think this is the game environment to be playing D-Hop. I think it's a Derrick Henry game and move on. All right, well, we're going to move on to uh, another couple of games that we'll probably race through because we want to get to some of these really big involved games, kind of like that Texans-Jaguars game. But before we get to those, let's hear a message from our partners. Interesting question from Uwe2k, because I'm not exactly sure what he's asking, but I want to ask it anyway, because you're always in the chat. You're always asking good questions. I appreciate everybody being in the chat, by the way. Um, Ask away. We'll try to get to some of your questions, especially the ones that are DFS related. But Mike, I'm going to kick this to you. He says, do you like the Jag stack over the Texans stack because of price or ceiling? And and the reason I I was confused by the question is because I think it could be both. Um, and I don't know if that's what he's asking, if he's saying it's an either or. But looking at that question, how do you answer it? Yeah, I like the Jag stack. I mean, it's price first, right? Price uh, really matters. I think you have to always be price sensitive from site to site, whether you play, you know, depending on which sites you play on. Uh, but yeah, it's mostly a, a price point thing. But the price points are what allow me to hopefully build for ceiling, right? So I think the ceiling of the lineups when I start with CJ Stroud drops a little bit because I'm using $1,300 more salary at the quarterback position. Um, so yes, uh, it is because of price. Uh, the price sensitivity does impact my projected ceiling of the lineup. All right. Sounds good. Let's go over to a couple games that we're probably going to go through pretty quickly. Saints minus one and a half at the Falcons. It's a 41 point total. This is a dome environment, so that's great. Good news. There's a lot of dome environments uh, for this slate, so we're going to have good conditions, really not across the board, but um, a lot of a lot of good dome environments. This isn't an environment that I'm really interested in. I mean, it's interesting to see Desmond Ritter here at 4,800. Bijan Robinson, 6,500. I mean, it's it's probably a better matchup than people think against the Saints for Bijan if he actually gets the work. Drake London at 5K. Alvin Kamara's 8,400. Like he's really priced up in a way that in this environment with a 21 point implied total, I'm just not super interested in anything in this one. W- what about you? Am I missing something or do we move on from this one as well? Yeah, there's not a lot that I love. Uh, Shahid is the only guy that's really kind of popping a little bit at 4,300. Uh, more of a tournament kind of dart throw play than anything. Um, he, he's got the big playability, right? So when you look at some of the the games that he's played this year, he has, I believe, five games with a longest reception of 40-plus yards in it. Um, so he's definitely that deep ball threat. He had a big spike week, uh, basically his own little Randy Moss game, right? He had three receptions on three targets, 153 yards, uh, only one touchdown, not three like Moss did on Thanksgiving that one year. But uh, that's what he is. He's the big deep ball threat, the home run threat. When I'm looking for a home run threat, I want to have it in a relatively competitive game, but you want it in a dome and in that environment. So if you need a wide receiver, you need a dart throw, Shahid is the guy. Uh, the target volume is honestly not bad. Yeah, that's fair. And then there's a question about Taysom Hill. He's 5K. And, you know, we got we get questions on Taysom a, a good amount, even a couple of weeks ago, Mike, when it was you and me on the show. And, and I think your answer was pretty much like it's hard to predict when you're getting that Taysom game and that generally speaking, especially if he's going to be 5K or above, you're off of him. Is, is that the case? Or maybe I'm misrepresenting what you said, but is that the case that you're off Taysom Hill today as well or for Sunday as well? Yeah, I'm off Taysom here. Uh, the, the, the issue for me is just simply the volume isn't there, right? Uh, the, the volume is not always predictable and repeatable. Uh, you need him to get in the end zone for sure. Likely need him to get in the end zone twice. Um, 
or just to have a really, really, really big volume game. We've seen the big volume games from him, which is nine to 10 touches. Uh, we've seen that twice. Uh, everything else is just his ability to get in the end zone. Um, so I personally would rather not play him in DFS. If you really like him and want to speculate on it, bet Taysom Hill anytime touchdown uh, and kind of move on from it. Yeah, fair enough. All right, we've got two more 1 o'clock games before we get to a very interesting uh, 4 o'clock section with four games. One of these 1 o'clock games I really like, and the other one I don't think anybody's going to like. So we'll start with the one that nobody's going to like. Patriots minus 3.5 at the Giants, 33.5 point total. We all know what Tommy DeVito did against Washington last week. Certainly, I think that's an aberration. I'm not interested in really playing anybody on that side, including Saquon Barkley, although I wouldn't argue with anybody who wanted to play Saquon Barkley at 7,300, knowing how much volume he's likely to get. On the other side of the ball, you know, Ramondre's, 5,800. I mean, I think you could speculate on that as well if you really, really wanted to. Demario Douglas at 4,400. Let's remember, though, what we got to monitor the injuries because De Demario is sort of the de facto number one receiver, partly because we had the Kendrick Bourne injury, Devontae Parker. You know, Bourne is out, but we got we to gotta check on Parker because I'm not exactly sure what his situation is. But more importantly, Bailey Zappi's the quarterback. So, Mike, do you have any – this is a 34-point total. Giants are implied for 15.25. Uh, New England implied for under 19. Any interest in this game? Any of these sort of lower-priced pieces that you might like? I, I like Ramondre Stevenson a little bit. Uh, 5,800, I think the price point is about right. It's not low enough that it's like a free square, but mm -hmm. it, it's not high enough that it's really like prohibitive at all. Um, I think we all – the reason why we've always liked Ramondre is because he's capable in the passing game. Uh, with the quarterback change, it's very possible that he sees, you know, some additional work there um, in that passing game. So I like him. He's definitely in my player pool. Uh, you know, when you look at him, he hasn't really, like, exploded to the point of needing a price adjustment. Like, he had a good game against Washington, 23 fantasy points. But if you look at his price point, you know, he started the season at $7,000. By week five, he was down to 5600 He has hovered between 5400 and 5600 every single week since. Um, I think that when he is truly RB1 and getting that passing work, I do think he's closer to that $7,000 running back. So I do have him in my player pool. I will be playing him a little bit. Uh, just not something I'm overly excited about, though. Out on everybody else in this game, including Saquon? Yeah, yeah, out on Saquon for sure. Um, I could play Douglas if I needed a wide receiver. Okay, 4,400 Douglas um, certainly makes sense. He should get enough volume, uh, and he certainly has at least a little bit of a ceiling, even though that Giants secondary is, you know, they, they can flash here and there. But let's talk about a game that, that I actually really like. I think it's pretty sneaky, and I say sneaky because the total's relatively low. We got the Buccaneers plus 2.5 at the Colts. It's 44, 44.5 in some places. I think if you're playing the early slate only, Knowing that everybody's going to be on some variation of, of that Texans game uh, with uh, the Jaguars, I think this would be an interesting way to get different, again, on the early slate specifically, well, really on the main slate too. But I think if you played Mike Baker and Mike Evans, maybe even threw uh, in a Rashad White and you brought it back with like a low-priced Josh Downs or maybe you got Jonathan Taylor, and then you go to that Jaguars game and get a piece, maybe – Maybe you sort of leverage the field with Etienne knowing that people are going to be taking different pieces. I think that's how you win a tournament on the, let's say, the early slate only, or maybe perhaps uh, the main slate as well, although it's more complicated there because the 4 o'clock games have a lot in them. With that said, I like Baker and Evans. I like Rashad White. I like Josh Downs. Am I missing something? Do you like this game as well? 
I do like this game. Uh, again, another one in that controlled dome environment uh, definitely gives it the ability to potentially shoot out. Uh, big playability, though. I love the running backs. You mentioned uh, John, or you mentioned Rashad White. I love his work in the passing game. I think that's yeah. certainly going to be there against this defense. Uh, and I like Jonathan Taylor on the other side. I know the Bucks are, are more of a pass funnel. Uh, I think that Jonathan Taylor will still get involved in the passing game, though. So I, I do like both of them. The price point on Taylor is 6,900. I, I really, really like that. I don't think it maps to where his skill set is. Um, so I, I'm mostly focused on the running backs. But honestly, I think you could play either quarterback as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, Minshew only at 5,100. I, I just think Baker throws it up enough to Mike Evans. And, and Mike Evans, by the way, 7,400. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to pay up for Mike Evans for obvious reasons. There's just sexier games, and that's a pretty high price for, for Mike Evans. But I think that's all the more reason where if if you get that the, that connection, Baker to Evans, and he scores two touchdowns, which honestly is within his range of outcomes every single game, in my opinion, uh, right. whereas you know, Chris Godwin has really taken a back seat. Uh, Kate Otten, only 3,200. Anyway, I, I just think the the Baker or even the Evans one-off, if you didn't want to stack it, I think that's a really interesting, likely contrarian play. Uh, I definitely agree with Jonathan Taylor. As far as Josh Downs at 4,800, uh, you think that's pretty good value? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's playable. Um, you know, in terms of the target volume, I'm a little cautious with it. Uh, you know, we saw one target in week nine and only three in week 10. Uh, but he has flashy upside. We've seen as many as 12. We've seen a couple games at seven, eight, nine. Um, it's probably a good buy low spot on it, uh, on this slate overall. Um, but he's not going to be someone that I'm focused on personally. Okay. Sounds good. All right. And, uh, that's going to conclude the one o'clock games. So we've got four, four o'clock games to talk about really just three. Cause one of these games, I don't think we're going to talk much about, but before we get there, and don't forget, we have our cheat sheet and Mike's top three at each position coming up, too. Uh, we're going to take a break and hear a message from our partners before we get to the 4 o'clock games. We are back on Fantasy Football Today DFS. Don't forget, our contest is live. It's in the YouTube description, the podcast description. It's actually in the live chat as well if you scroll up here. Uh, let's talk about the game. We don't need to talk about much. Uh, it, it's Browns plus one and a half at the Broncos, 36-point total. There's truly nothing I like here. I mean, Jerome Ford at 5,600, you know, my eyes go to him. To some degree, we have DTR starting at, at, at quarterback. Denver's defense has been playing well. Javante Williams, 5,700. Don't like that against the Browns defense. Really nothing I like here. How about you? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get to anything. Um, I'm trying to look at my exposures here again. I don't think I have anyone in this game. Not a single. David Njoku is the only one I've got. Uh, got yeah. him about 5%. Makes sense. It's a tight end uh, pass catcher, but... Yeah, and Broncos defense as well. That's it. That makes sense. And for the record, I think the Patriots defense is in play in that game that we also didn't talk about much on, which of course was New England uh, and the New York Giants. I think you could say the same about the New York Giants defense. Let's move on to the Rams minus one and a half at the Cardinals, 44 and a half point total. Uh, obviously, this is a game that has some intrigue. You know, Kyler started off the game last week really hot, and then he kind of regressed and and was the Kyler I think we were worried about coming off of that injury. That doesn't mean he's not in play this week, though. 6,900, Stafford 6,300. We got to keep an eye on Cooper Cup. I think James Conner at 5,900 is at least interesting. Puka Nakua at 7,600, especially if Cup is out. Obviously very interesting with a healthy Matt Stafford. We got Trey McBride at 4,700. The receivers, one thing to keep an eye on before I kick this to you, Marquise Brown and Michael Wilson were listed because I don't think they practiced on Thursday. They were listed as DNPs on Thursday and Wednesday. And I think if Marquise Brown is, is out, I expect Marquise to play. But if 
Michael Wilson remains out. I think Greg Dortch at 3,300 is a tremendous value play. Caught six of eight targets for over 70 yards uh, last week. Uh, Mike, do you like this game? And which side of the stack would you be on? Yes, I do like the game. Uh, I like the game a lot. I would be on the Arizona side on the stack. Uh, I like Kyler Murray. He's going to be in my player pool for sure. Uh, just it's hard to ignore the rushing upside, especially on a smaller slate uh, in a game that, again, controlled environment. Uh, I think it's one that has some big sneaky shootout potential here. So I, I like Kyler Murray a lot. Uh, I like the Greg Dortch call out. Uh, if they're limited at wide receiver, if one or both of those guys miss, uh, you know, you've got Rondale Moore who becomes that deep ball threat. But I, I really like Dortch. I think he's going to have a ton of targets around the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah. And then I, I like Trey McBride still, uh, you know, he's still too cheap. He's still able to be played. The thing that was great to see with him is we didn't know what the volume would really look like when you put Kyler Murray back in that offense. Uh, it hasn't really changed. Uh, I think he's going to be a viable weapon there because he understands how to run routes. I think Kyler Murray likes him a lot. Uh, so I'm focused heavily on the Arizona side with Kyler Murray stacks. And then Puka Nakua is the bring back that I will have a lot of exposure with. Let me ask you this, because Kyron Williams at 6,600, he's back. I mean, the Rams running back rotation, it's so weird. They just, like, dismissed Daryl Henderson, and then they brought him back on the practice squad. By the way, if you played Daryl Henderson last week, which I did in the afternoon slate only, Matt Stafford missed a wide-open Daryl Henderson for what would have been an 80-plus yard touchdown. Like, no joke, there was nobody on that side of the field. And it was one of the worst pass passes I've ever seen Matt Stafford throw. So he went from missing that pass and missing Henderson on a long bomb to Henderson getting cut. Back on the practice squad. But the point is, Kyron Williams is healthy. Looks like he's going to get the bulk of the work here against a Cardinals defense that's super, like, it's, it's certainly not formidable. Kyron at 6,600, yes or no? Uh, probably no for me. Uh, but he, he's obviously extremely, extremely talented. Uh, I may regret that. I may change my mind, uh, you know, by Sunday, by the time everything kicks off. Mm -hmm. uh, I like some of the other running backs a little bit more. Um, we'll see how much they ease him back in or if they don't ease him at all. Um, I, I think that they ease him back in a little bit, but it's so hard to predict what the Rams are going to do with the running back position. So I'm going to stay off of it, uh, and I may regret it. Well, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because normally I'd say, well, we know how Sean McVay does it. He's just like, if he's in, he's in, he's going to be the guy. But I got to say, Royce Freeman has looked – pretty spry uh, over the last few weeks. I know like people are going to scoff at like that statement, but Royce in the passing game as well has looked pretty good. So, I mean, it, if there were a time for Sean McVay to not give Kyron the entire workload, it would potentially be this week. Although I will say this, if we find out that ownership is low on Kyron Williams, it, it might be the time to play him obviously, because we know he, he could get 20 to 25 touches and really explode against an Arizona defense that really doesn't have much to offer. Speaking of defenses that don't have much to offer, and by the way, if I've missed something in some of these games, you want to ask about somebody very specifically, I, I, I want your question to be super specific just because it's easier for us to tackle that. Um, go ahead and put it in the chat, but I do want to move on to the Chiefs and the Raiders. And, and again, speaking of bad defenses, we've got the Raiders here, 42.5 point total, Chiefs favored by 8.5. Mahomes is 8,200. You know, we, we've got Kelsey, who's you know, naturally going to be pretty expensive. He's also 8,200. Rasheed Rice, 5,500. Interestingly, Justin Watson is only 3,000. 11 targets last week. I mean, he didn't catch a lot of them, but he did catch some important ones too. He's a flat 3K. Speaking of dropping balls, MVS is 3.2K. Uh, any interest in this game from a stacking standpoint? And if not, what pieces are you pulling from this game? So there is some interest in a stacking standpoint. Uh, and what I will basically compare it to 
uh, I believe it was two weeks ago when you had the Cowboys game when we knew they were going to win. They were massive favorites. Not a lot of people went and played Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, all of that because they're such big favorites. Mm-hmm. I think this on this slate that's limited, I think it's very possible Kansas City has a huge bounce back, puts up 30-plus points in this game where it's three-plus yeah. touchdowns from Mahomes. Like, I think that's very, very possible. Um, I like Travis Kelsey, and the reason I like Travis Kelsey is, again, I, I play a lot of double tight ends, right? So you can play him as a high-end wide receiver in the flex. Mm-hmm. When you look at the wide receivers on this slate and the guys that have 100-plus yards and two touchdown equity, you got Jamar Chase playing against the Steelers defense with a backup quarterback. you got A.J. Brown playing against the Bills, but A.J. Brown is dealing with a thigh injury. He had just one reception in the last game, clearly limited. Um, he's listed questionable. I expect him to probably go, but he, he's the top-end receiver at that point. you got Diggs against the Eagles. Cooper Cup is questionable here. Devontae Adams up against the Chiefs. Like, There's a lack. Like Tank Dell, we talked about him, 6,900. He, mm-hmm. He's... He's like the top wide receiver here. Like he might end up being my top projected wide receiver at 6,900 on this slate. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I think he's going to come in at single digit ownership after that last performance and just the price point overall. Um, You know, we talked about how bad that performance was against Philly. The guy still scored 16.4 fantasy points. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like while losing a fumble, like if he doesn't lose the fumble, uh, I mean, he's essentially approaching 20 fantasy points on an off day with 44 yards. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like him a lot here. Um, I'm going to play some Travis Kelsey. Well, just to speak to what Mike is saying, I, I think one thing you know we always look at, and, and I know Mike's model accounts for, is the implied point total. And there's only one implied point total that matches the Kansas City Chiefs, and it is that Philadelphia Eagles game at home against the Bills, which we're, we're going to get to in a second. But 25.75, 26, depending on how this line moves. Let's just settle at 26 for Kansas City and the Philadelphia Eagles. So regardless of whether it's a back-and-forth game, if if the Chiefs have one of the two highest implied point totals on the entire slate, you have to look at it, regardless of whether or not you like anybody on the other side. And so, Mike, before we get to that Eagles-Bills game, I want to ask you that. So if you're playing Patrick Mahomes, are you playing him with just Kelsey? Or are you throwing in a Justin Watson for 3K because that's cheap? And the, the, but the main question is, is there anybody on the way back? Do you play Devontae Adams? Do you try to go for Jacoby Myers or Josh Jacobs? Or do you just say, hey, this isn't the team to run it back with. I'm going to get all my equity on the Kansas City side. I'm going to go somewhere else for those, those quote, run back points. I will most likely go somewhere else uh, just because of the price points on Mahomes and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. If I were to bring a, have a bring back, you're exactly right. I would then throw in Watson at 3K uh, and bring that medium price point down on everything put Devontae Adams in, uh, and then really try to still fill out with some of the value plays we like from the rest of the games. Uh, But I'm far more likely to play just Mahomes to Kelsey or just Kelsey on his own. Um, I I think it's very possible I end up with lineups where I'm focused on the other quarterbacks. I take that piece in Travis Kelsey and uh, hope he has a nice day. Haas says, love your show, guys. You do a great job. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's see. Anything else on this game? Rishi Rice is, is too expensive, right? You're not you're not involving Rishi Rice at 5,500, are you? I'm not. Uh, I think it's fine if you want to. I, I think that that's more of a large field tournament play. Uh, if you're playing lots of lineups, playing the Millie Maker, things like that, absolutely go for it. Um, but yeah, the way I play in some of the three three max and single entry, I will not be going there. And last question on this game. It's not really super fantasy relevant, but MVS, they give him at least... 
one deep shot just to make up for last week, right? Yeah, I, I definitely think they take a shot. Um, I don't love it, but I, I don't mind it. I, I do think they take a shot, though. I have to ask you, because I know you're a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. And, and per, first of all, I'm not advocating for MBS to get cut. I think he's a good dude, and he just he has the case of the drop sometimes, super fast. Did you think after he dropped that ball, because the thought that went through my mind is like, all right, that might be enough of MBS. Like, like they might cut this guy. Like, we've seen this too much. Did you have that thought at all or no? Uh, oh, I, the thought was it was very frustrating. Um, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times on the show, and it, it's always difficult to remind yourself that, especially the deeper you get into the season. Uh, dropped passes should be curable at this level. Uh, they yeah. should be, right? What's far more important than dropping a pass is getting open. And having the skill set to consistently get open to even have the opportunity to catch a pass, that is the thing that is more likely to be repeated than dropping said pass. Again, once you reach this threshold, if we're talking about high school kids or even college kids, maybe not the same story. But when you reach this level, it's because you can catch the football, in my opinion. So what's far more important is the ability to be in that position to make us all lose our minds. Right. And that's why some of those players don't get cut. Uh, is because they are consistently able to put themselves in a position to succeed like that. Yeah, and let's be clear, Justin Watson, as good as he was last week and as much as he was targeted, he dropped a lot of balls that he should have caught. And honestly, a couple of those late in the game would have led to a Kansas City victory, in my opinion. So it wasn't all on MBS. It was just kind of highlighted in that moment as he was wide open, uh, basically, in the end zone. Uh, There was a question about Derrick Henry or Bijan Robinson. Uh, It's Derrick Henry for me all day. I think this is a great setup for Derrick Henry to kind of put himself back on the map. All right, two teams that are on the map, Bills plus three at the Eagles, 48.5 point total. You mentioned, in terms of A.J. Brown, how he might be dinged up a little bit. I was already kind of on the Devontae Smith train. In fact, last week I had a lot of Devontae Smith. I even had him in the prop market, which hit very easily thanks to that that last pass uh, that he got tackled on on the one-yard line. But I like I like Devontae Smith, you know, with Jalen Hurts in this one as opposed to A.J. Brown. I think that's a pretty reasonable stack under these circumstances with the Bills defense that has a lot of holes in it. So my question is, is Jalen one of your stacks? And if not, do you go to the other side? Because obviously Josh, a Josh Allen stack to Stephon Diggs or throwing in Khalil Shakir or Kincaid, like there's a lot of places you can go here. There's a lot of places to go. Um, I don't think I'm going to stack Jalen. If I play Jalen, it's probably just Jalen. And I'm going to take the two rushing touchdowns he's probably going to have and and really build out the rest of the lineup. So I I am a little worried about AJ. Um, Swift is also questionable. I think he's fine, but uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's more precautionary. Um, Yeah, the the Eagles offense is great. I I do think it's going to still be on Jalen Hurts, though. I think he's going to have some rushing upside. I also think they're going to be able to run the football, whether it's with Swift, Gainwell, whoever it may be. I think they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground against Buffalo. So I'm off of the receivers um, because I like those other games we've talked about. On the other side, I do like Dalton Kincaid a little bit. Is there any stack potential for you? Like, because you have a limited number of lineups, which is which is good for this question. Does Josh Allen make it into those limited number of lineups in any sort of stack with like Diggs, for example? Not right now. Um, And and the reason for that is I think that people will play Josh Allen a little bit. I think people will definitely play Jalen Hurts. I think the guy that's not going to get played to the level that his skill set and opportunity matches is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I really Mm -hmm. think that that's where I'm going to end up going and just bet on Kansas City scoring, you know, 30 points, hopefully uh, on the arm of Mahomes and not 
a two yard rushing touchdown from Isaiah Pacheco, mm-hmm. um, which is generally a good bet. Mahomes likes to be involved in the red zone. So uh, that's where I'm going to be on it. I, I might, might play Jalen. Um, I'm not going to play Josh. And by the way, don't forget that Kansas City game is in Las Vegas. So the conditions should be obviously uh, very good. This is not a Kansas City game. So uh, something to consider there. Uh, I agree with you. I think of those two games, I probably lean to that Mahomes stack as opposed to either Josh Allen or or Jalen Hurts. But I will say this. I mean, it, it could be a good day for Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Uh, the Eagles secondary, you know, not super great. Uh, they, they don't do... They do actually match up well against wide receiver ones from what, from what I recall. But uh, either way, I don't think I'm going to be on this game much, uh, even though the point total is as high as it is. So um, I do like Jalen Hurts to Devontae Smith, but I don't know if I'm actually going to get there in, in my limited stacks. Anything else on this game before we move to your top three at each position? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, all I would say, it won't shock me if the Bills win this game outright. All right. Very interesting. Listen, the Eagles have they've had they've won some very close games against some very bad teams. I'm not referring to Kansas City last week, but you can make the argument they should have lost twice to Washington. Certainly, at least once. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of play. Uh, they're they're kind of getting away with with some games here. This might be the time for the Bills to reestablish themselves in the playoff race, especially with teams like Joe Burrow, uh, teams like the Bengals, kind of falling out of it a little bit. All right, Mike, top three at each position. We're going to start at the quarterback. All right. Top three. We're going to start with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Talked about him in the stack. He's my preferred quarterback this week. Number two, I'm going to go to Kyler Murray. Uh, I like his rushing upside. I like this matchup with the Rams. Uh, I think that he's going to continue to take those big shots deep down the field. And then again, the rushing upside. And then number three, I had Jalen Hurts, but the more I've gone through it throughout the show, I'm pivoting to Patrick Mahomes here. I I actually Mm -hmm. like uh, Kansas City's ability to, to put up points in this particular matchup. Uh, running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Rashad White. Uh, Rashad White, I expect him in that game. You know, you typically don't love the correlation with running back on each side. However, I think both of them are going to be involved in the passing game. Uh, I really like both of those guys. I had Isaiah Pacheco. I'm pivoting over to Derrick Henry after talking about this on the show. Uh, I like Derrick Henry a lot this week. I like the price points. Um, so he's going to be number three. That's Rashad White, Jonathan Taylor, and Derrick Henry. Wide receiver, Christian Kirk, number one for me, pairing with Trevor Lawrence. Number two, Tank Dell, bring back on the other side. Love, love, love Tank Dell in this matchup. I love his involvement overall. Remove the name, look at the price point, and look at the production. Uh, it's still far too cheap. And then Puka Nakua, uh, going to have a bring back with the uh, the Kyler Murray situation. Really like him in this matchup. Love it. And tight end, uh, Trey McBride, going to be pairing with Kyler Murray, going to be playing without Kyler Murray. Dalton Kincaid and Evan Ingram with a little asterisk, Travis Kelsey. I love Travis Kelsey. I'm not listing him a tight end here. He'd be played in the flex. I would be playing two tight ends if I played Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the three I'm most focused on that are going to fit in most of your lineups Trey McBride, Evan Ingram, and Dalton Kincaid. All right, uh, let's get to, and by the way, I really love all of those picks uh, from quarterback on down. Let's get to my cheat sheet. We're going to get to Mike's, and then, Mike, I'll ask you, maybe we'll have two minutes of content on this showdown, uh, 3 o'clock today on Black Friday here. 
Uh, I've got Kyler Murray. Uh, that sounds familiar, right? At 6,900 to Trey McBride at 4,700. Uh, my value is going to be Greg Dorch. I will say he's 3,300, by the way. I will say monitor that receiver situation. I think Marquise Brown's going to play. My guess is Michael Wilson does not play. And if Michael Wilson does not play, I really like that Greg Dorch play at 3,300. I think you could stack Kyler with McBride and Greg Dorch if that's how you wanted to do it. My chalk play, I'm assuming this is going to be chalk. Derrick Henry at 6,400. My contrarian play, I talked about him, Mike Evans at 7,400. I think that Baker-Mike Evans stack is interesting, but even if you don't play the stack, I think Mike Evans as a one-off is a very interesting, likely contrarian play. My fade's going to be A.J. Brown for all the reasons uh, we talked about earlier. Mike, you are cheat sheet. Trevor Lawrence to Christian Kirk, uh, 6,400 to 5,700. Like the price points overall this week. Love, love, love this matchup. Uh, value play, Trey McBride, 4,700. He's been the value play for a while now, and the price point still is not caught up to the opportunity that he has. He is not Travis Kelsey, but he is a miniature version here. He, he's definitely emerging and breaking out. Uh, the chalk play for me going to be Jonathan Taylor. I'm projecting him to be pretty popular, 6,900. We've seen the volume steadily increase I, I think it improves here, and I think he's only more involved in the passing game. Tampa Bay has been a bit of a pass funnel, but uh, the way Indy likes to play, uh, I think he's going to have some passing work. Uh, contrarian play, Travis Kelsey. I think the guy's going to be single digits this week. Uh, just looking mm. at all the uh, the things that we've seen, uh, talking about a bad game from him. A bad game is 16 fantasy points. Uh, that might be okay this week. Um my fade is going to be Michael Pittman. I'm projecting him to be relatively popular um, on this early run. Uh, again, the reason for that is controlled environment against Tampa. Tampa has been a pass funnel. Uh, I don't think that this is the best spot for him at 6,800. I think there are far better options, and he's not someone I'm considering rostering. All right. That is our cheat sheets. That's our top three. That's our run through the 10 game main slate. Mike, real quick, we've got a game at 3 o'clock in just three hours, so this information will be – kind of uh, not valuable uh, when you're listening to this show on Saturday, which is why I saved it for the end of the show. But listen, like we got Tyreek Hill at the top. We got Tua right below him, Raheem Mostert right below him. I think the Dolphin stacks make sense. I think five ones make sense. I think four twos make sense. Do you agree? And do you have any, at this point in time, do you have any either optimal captains or, or captains that you know you're going to play or maybe some flex value maybe down the board? I do here. So looking at captain exposures, uh, Tyreek Hill, clearly the top option at this point. Uh, but right behind him, I say right behind him after I say clearly, he's clearly the top option. It's a significant drop. But behind him is teammate Raheem Mostert. Um, and I, I think some of that's going to be the fact that this Dolphins team is going to have a lead in this game. Uh, and, and you should see some volume there. Other interesting captains. Uh, Brees Hall is still somewhat interesting just from a volume standpoint. I think that he will have the passing work, uh, but it's mostly going to be a Dolphin captain for me. Tyreek, Mostert, Tua, um, and, and that's pretty much it. As far as flex plays, the same three, uh, four really. It's You want a lot of Tua, a lot of Tyreek, a lot of Mostert, and a lot of Brees Hall. After that, where it gets super interesting, the guy that if you need salary savings, uh, Jeremy Ruckert. $400 um, hmm. tight end for the Jets. Typically, backup tight ends like this, that's the guys that have typically been working with some of the backup quarterbacks. Um, so you want to kind of double down on some of that potential chemistry that they've had. He had four targets, three catches against Buffalo, but we've also seen him throughout the season where he's actually earned targets uh, in multiple games. So when you're talking about a guy that is that cheap, 
Um, it, it's a basically a free spot in your lineup. It allows you to pay up for Mostert, Tyreek, Brees Hall. Um, that's going to be someone that that pops a lot for me. Let's see. What's I'll interesting about him, Mike, is is that he had more targets and receptions than Tyler Conklin last week. And I'm a Tyler Conklin guy, so that's certainly a surprise. Definitely a surprise. Um, I, I I think they're both in play. I think Conklin's definitely in play. Uh, anytime you make a quarterback change, you're going to be looking for short area passes. Uh, that's why I like Brees Hall a lot still. Um, any any Dolphin value plays like that's showing up for you, whether it be Jeff Wilson or Cedric Wilson or maybe like a Braxton Berrios any, or, or Craycraft, any of those sort of lower options that that make any sense to throw in your lineup because those guys at the top are so expensive? Yeah, it's Jeff Wilson. Uh, you know, Wilson's someone that I debate back and forth with. Like there are scenarios where they get a big enough lead and he, he does, you know, end up with eight to ten carries in this game. I think it's probably still four or five, but there are mm-hmm. those scenarios. Uh, the other scenario where he could be involved, obviously you have an injury situation. Um, they could use him more on passing down work if the game's overly competitive. I don't think that we get an overly competitive game, but the price point's fair, so I, I do like him at 1.8. Uh, and then Cedric Wilson, 2.6. You, you've always got that deep shot um, that's there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think those two guys, I'll probably be doing a few showdown lineups. And I think Jeff Wilson and Cedric Wilson probably and, and Ruckert uh, probably make their way in uh, one way or the other. Mike, that's our show. Did we leave anything out? I don't think so. I think it was a very complete show. I think it's uh, it's a very interesting slate. It's a 10 gamer that feels about the same size as that three gamer yesterday. It does, it does actually. And by the way, again, don't be afraid to play the early slate, the afternoon slate, along with the main slate, just to kind of change up your options in terms of who you want to select and who you want to focus on. That's our show. We'll see you Tuesday. It'll be me and Meg Schaup. Then, of course, next Friday, back to business as usual, just like we were today. No days off, right? Tuesdays at 1030, Fridays at 11 o'clock. We do our game-by-game preview. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Have a great weekend. Message me if you have any questions and don't forget to join our Fantasy Football Today DFS contest. That's Mike McClure. My name is Sian Ajad. We'll see you on Tuesday, everybody.